I'm just a baby. I don't know how to pass legislation. He's like, my parents told me I was very special. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, we got a new location, a different time. Many factors have changed. The variables are shifting. Yeah, Mo is back in New York. Yes, uh, we both have jobs now. It's truly insane. Yeah, my whole world is twisted once more, upside down. Yep. Unexpected changes. <laughs> yeah, once you got your job yesterday, it was like mine has to be on its way. Yes, yeah, soon to follow. I got it today, so now we're both employed women again. Hell yes. I'm like, my head right now is like, literally, it's like caressing a dress that I have hanging in my closet. And I'm like, okay, sure. It's a new day. It's a new closet. <laughs> it, yeah. You can take the girl away from the closet, but you can't take the girl out of the closet. <laughs> oh my gosh. On that note, shall we talk about today's movie? Yes. I'm incredibly excited because for me personally, I'm like, Anne Hathaway is the face of every movie that I like grew up watching like the made for tv not made for tv movies but the movies that evolved to be on tv I'm like mm -hmm. Anne Hathaway she really did like raise us all with the princess diaries which absolutely oh, will yeah. be a future episode 100% because that was like the, the true coming of age I'm like the plot is impeccable yeah absolutely Anne Hathaway is flawless and that is why today we are covering the 2004 classic classic Ella Enchanted. Applause, applause, applause. Mm -hmm. This movie is the perfect, just like most scrumptious combination of fairy tale, real life, girl problems, whatever, like mm -hmm. love story, rom-com situation, coupled with honestly a scathing review of capitalism and um, literally segregation, which we found out. <laughs> this movie is so woke. It actually shocked me because like I knew it's politics growing up but like now especially in today's climate i'm like damn well in the beginning I, I guess we'll get to it i won't spoil anything but we just wanted to really embed in your minds that you know and hathaway is just like a kind just a fun gal mm -hmm. yeah chilling doing her thing her career has been incredible yeah i remember watching bride wars recently i was like in my gym <laughs> This is like not that recent. It was like probably six or seven months ago, but I was in a gym and I think at that time I was like running really long distances and I watched like a very long chunk of that movie. I just like <laughs> didn't want to get off to the treadmill. I was like, I'm enthralled. I'm here. It's a good one. She was definitely a big role model for me growing up. Mm -hmm. I feel like she was in the ranks of like Hilary Duff and Britney Spears in terms of like women that had an influence on me as a child. Word. This movie is also just like, star-studded oh yeah i'm like who do we have here we have fucking vivica fox we have that other guy the hot guy hugh dancy yes yes we do yeah i was in love with him obviously no one is fucking surprised of course i was <laughs> we also have the woman who played mandy oh mini driver yes like from goodwill hunting yes yeah and 
And the guy, um, the guy that plays Wesley in Princess Bride is the villain in this movie. Yes. And then the other woman, her evil stepmom, you know. Oh, yes. Um, she was in Absolutely Fabulous, a British TV show that my mom used to watch when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie really came at a time when all these people were just like living and like soaking up their thriving careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also talked about how Vivica Fox was like in a couple different shows and um, specifically True Jackson VP. <laughs> I loved that show. I really did. I would watch it. Like, I remember when I got home from school, it like started at 430. Mm-hmm. So I like would get home, have like a couple minutes to walk my dog and then the show would start and it was like perfect timing. I just love the premise of like, oh my God, how do we bring like a fresh, fun, new vibe to this like archaic fashion mag? And she's like, or a fashion, it's a fashion brand, right? Yeah, I think so. And she's like, why don't you switch up the buttons and like do this thing and da 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 and she's like you have a job you're the right hand woman to the ceo i mean it's kiki palmer so who wouldn't give kiki palmer a job yeah she can have any job she wants (laughs) should we um do a little water slide right in. Just a little slip and slide moment. Let's wait for the person in front of us to safely land their ride and have the lifeguard tell give us the go ahead so we can push ourselves down that slide. Hell yeah. <laughs> Safety first. So the movie begins with an incredible drone shot of the town of Pharrell. It's the Google Maps version, right, of the town. (laughs) Strange Magic is playing just like a lovely intro song. And we hear the narration in a voiceover talking about fairy tales. He just has a nice little rhyme going on, kind of like a prologue, if you will. And the drone just simply pans over to, honestly, a gorgeous chateau-style home. Um, it yeah. looks quite large. And we see, like, a visual of the narrator. And he's the paper boy. And it's, like, <laughs> throwing a newspaper to this, like, gorgeous chateau. And um, he's on a bike, but for whatever reason, because it's, like, old-timey, it's, like, wooden the bike is like wooden and the wheel it's just like a wooden fucking wheel so we cut inside the house and we see ella who is our protagonist and she's like a newborn baby she's crying so then her mom and like the house fairy who's named mandy go in to like soothe her and the dad is downstairs looking for jobs in the newspaper and one of like the ads that he circles is for like an abacus programmer which i thought was just like a nice little detail and then as they're soothing ella they hear like this rumbling and they realize that lucinda who is ella's fairy godmother is coming and the mom and Mandy are like freaking out because they're like, oh no, like Lucinda gives the worst gifts. Quick, we gotta hide the baby. So they hide Ella in the closet. And when Lucinda shows up and she's like, oh, where's the baby? Like the door swings open. Of course. And we see that like Ella is in the house. So Lucinda picks her up and she's like, oh, like what gifts should I give this beautiful child? But Ella is still crying and that annoys Lucinda. So she decides that she is giving Ella the gift of obedience. Damn, I fucking hate that bitch. Yeah, fucking t- 
terrible. So she's like, go to sleep. And so Ella immediately falls asleep and then snaps her fingers and says, wake up. And Ella immediately wakes up and it's like, oh no, this is a fucking terrible gift. She's like, how can I make a woman's life better? I'll take away her free will. Yeah, just no autonomy, no free will whatsoever. That'll do it. Sounds chill, sounds fun. (laughs) So (laughs) the mom is like, oh no, like this is a horrible gift. And Lucinda's like, I don't do take backs. You should be grateful. I just gave you the perfect child and then zips on out of there. Yeah. So we get a montage of her life after that absolutely traumatic moment. And, you know, as we see her grow up, it's like, although she has to be obedient, she became a really nice person. There's like um, scenes where she's forced to be obedient. Like someone will say something in chest. Like her mom's like, stuff your face. Like, get, like kids go crazy. Like stuff your faces. And she literally like digs into the cake with her hands and stuff. So it cuts to a playground at school and some kids are being racist and bullying mm-hmm. this girl in Ella's class. And Ella defends her. This bully is like, bite me, bitch. She doesn't say bitch. She's like, bite me. And Ella bites her. And that's when she realizes she has this horrible, like, curse, essentially. And her mom and Mandy explain, you know, what happened. And they are like, we begged her to take it back, but she will not do it. And, like, this is, you get what you get, you know? Yeah. The next thing that we know, Ella's mom is super sick. Ugh. She's, like, on her deathbed. And she, like, commands Ella to never tell anybody about the gift because she doesn't want anyone to, like, take advantage of her or use it against her, which, like, could so easily be done. It's actually, like, really scary. And, um, yeah, the mom says... What's inside you is stronger than any spell. And she gives her, like, the necklace that she's wearing. And she says that if she has that necklace, she'll always be with her. It's really sad. And the mom dies. Yeah, they kind of, like, follow up her realizing this awful thing and then having her mom pass away. And you're like, okay, like, justice for Ella. I guess we do not care about her. Yeah. But it's clear that her parents do love her. And she also has this, like, house fairy who really cares for her. They cut to present day where Ella is now a college student. And her dad is like, I remarried. And, you know, my new wife has that cha-ching, cha-ching, bling, bling, bling. He's like, we need a sugar mama because I am a broke bee. And he's like, she'll make a wonderful mother while a mother-like figure and I'm like gagging because mm-hmm. Dame Olga shows up with her two bratty ass daughters. The worst. Literally. It's like a Cinderella story with Lizzie McGuire with Hilary Duff. <laughs> with Hilary Duff. <laughs> it's like the airheaded sister and then the like mean controlling sister. Totally. And Olga is like such a stinker. She's like, I think we have um the wrong address because she thought that like Ella's dad was totally loaded and assumed that he lived in a castle. And it's clear from the immediate moment that she meets Ella that she does not like her. Yeah. It also reminded me of like the potential stepmom in It Takes Two. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Oh, wait. Is that the one where it's like the original mom, like the bi- biological mom and the stepmom are kind of like feuding with each other? 
No, that's Stepmom, which is like Susan Sarandon and Julia Roberts. That's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. It Takes Two was a Mary Kate and Ashley movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. With Kirstie Alley in it as well. And like, there's an evil stepmom. Ooh. Yeah. Classic like stepmoms or evil storyline. And like I said in the Cinderella story, hashtag not all stepmoms. Some stepmoms are cool. Sometimes you're like, yeah. damn, my stepmom is like my actual mom. But really, uh, they get a bad rap. They do. So now that Olga and her daughters have moved in, the daughters are like unpacking in the new bedroom. And one of the daughters, Hattie, is putting up her Prince Char pinups. And it turns out that she is the president of Prince Char's fan club. He is like set to be the new king in their kingdom. And I'm just like, what happened to like real fan clubs that would like meet and have meetings and presidents? Like, I'm like, those are gone. Jonas Brothers fan club. Hello. And like the celebrities would like meet with the fan clubs or like the fan clubs would like try to get the attention of the person and be like, come like hang out with your like disciples from your fan club. Yeah. You would like sign up for a fan club and like in the mail, you'd get like a member card or like some sort of merch, I feel like. But because of the internet, it's just like all fandoms now. Yeah, it's all like chat rooms and sub threads and like deep cut memes and there's yeah. nothing, nothing's personal anymore. They really don't do it like they used to. But yeah, Hattie and her sister Olive are just like fawning over how much they love Prince Char. And Ella is like, uh, you know that like him and his uncle are the reason why there's segregation in the kingdom, right? You know that that's going on? And Hattie is just like, yeah, true, 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 true. But he's really dreamy. So I don't care. Literally. Like, she like kind of spits fire and she's like, they are responsible for the segregation of these different species of people. And she's like, mm, mm, yeah. So Hattie and Olive are like getting settled in and they're like, we need more closet space. And they take over Ella's closet and, like, make fun of her clothes. And they're just being jerks. And then Hattie notices Ella's amulet that she got from her mom and tells her to give it to her. So Ella has to. I'm like, damn it. Like, fuck. Lucinda sucks. I'm like, the one thing she has from her dead mother gets stolen from her? Yeah. This woman cannot catch a break. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, Ella's father has to leave to sell watches all over the kingdom. He's like a total um, death of a salesman situation right now. Yeah. I'm like, you're probably depressed, but go off. So he leaves and Ella is left with only her new step family. The next scene, we're at the Frell Community College where Ella and Hattie and I guess Olive all go. Yeah, I guess. And so they're in debate class and Ella is arguing against like the kingdom's government for stealing the land from the giants and stripping them of their rights. She is an anti-monarchy woman. We love to see it. Me too. And like she is here for the rights, the equal rights of all people, of all races, and all species. Yeah, it really seems like there's like a nuanced way that they had lived previously. And I can't tell if it's like everyone just stuck to their own communities, which I'm like is also technically a form of segregation, or if it was like everyone just intermingled and it was like really chill. Yeah. But I digress. Like the point is, she's like, this is wrong. This is fucked up and stuff. 
And Hattie, with her nasty-ass mouth around her, around Ella's dead mom's necklace, she argues, you know, King Edgar has done an amazing job by driving all the ogres out, and now the elves work as performers, and it's built an amazing free enterprise system. And Ella's like, it, you know, is literally slavery, and they're being forced to work against their will for no pay, like... How can you possibly support this? Yeah, she's like, the labor system has been built off the backs of other races. And then you treat those races as less than humans. Like they're like working animals. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that lines up. That lines up for people to do. Mm-hmm. Hattie says Prince Char will be the greatest king they've ever seen. And because the class is filled with like, airheaded fangirls who don't care about politics apparently they're just like oh my god yes like he will be the best prince ever the best king yeah and ella's like i wonder if that is based on his politics or how cute you think his butt is and everyone's like oh shit yeah, so Hattie's pissed off at Ella's comments, and she's like, just admit you're stupid and don't know what you're talking about. And because Ella has to do everything she's told, she says that verbatim, and then Hattie's like, hold up, and she tells Ella to hold her tongue, and Ella immediately holds her tongue, like literally in her mouth. So Hattie is like becoming privy to Ella's like inconsistencies and um you can tell she's about to do something devious so the next scene is actually in a carriage and we see that king edgar and prince char are on their way to a mall opening in frell ella's town and they are also joined by edgar's creepy ass like cgi snake named heston and char is talking about how he's like kind of reluctant to go and edgar's like no like you need to make appearances and get involved because your coronation is next week like you're about to be king people will need to know that they can trust us yeah so Charles' whole thing is that he's been away at some boarding school, so he's like, I don't know what's happening. Like, how am I supposed to know? I've just been, like, doing my own thing. Like, I'm just a kid like you. Um, And I'm like, no, you're not. You have, like, monarchy responsibilities, and yeah, you should be preparing to take care of a kingdom. You're in the royal family. Like, you know that you are next in line. It's gonna happen. Yeah, he's like, who, me? Me? I'm just a baby. I'm just a baby. I don't know what I'm I don't know king. how to do politics. So, <laughs> Edgar says the ogres have been getting out of hand, and the kingdom is under siege, and this is a touchy subject because we find out Char's dad was killed by ogres. So he's like, "Mm, what? And obviously Edgar is baiting him because he's a prick. You can tell nothing he says is genuine. And I'm like, this totally sounds like political scapegoating. They're like, oh, the ogres, they killed the king. They're terrible. We need to now oppress them and like push them out of our kingdom and make them live in the woods. Oh yeah. He's being so manipulative. Yeah. 
So we get to the mall opening. They unveil this like giant statue of Edgar and Char. It's really gauche, honestly. You say gauche? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's tacky. And then Prince Char gets on stage and there's this like huge crowd. They're cheering. But Ella and Arita are there, but not to support this mall opening. They are there to protest. They have these signs that say, say no to Ogreside and stop the giant land grab. Mm -hmm. They are grassroots roots activists and we love to see it and Hattie is like absolutely horrified by seeing them protesting and she's like oh my god you're embarrassing me Ella you need to go home and so Ella does because she has to yeah meanwhile the fan club girls are like listening to Char talk and they start chasing after him and as he's like running 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 away he ends up crashing into Ella they like bump together on the road and he ends up shoving her to the side and he hides with her because this mob is about to just simply trample him and tear him to shreds. So once the mob leaves, he tries to help Ella up and she's like, I don't need you to help me, number one. And number two, don't expect me to curtsy for you. Goodbye. So he's like, well, there's nothing I can do about that except, you know, I can have you beheaded, bitch. So, (laughs) but she's like, why don't you do what you people usually do steal my land and destroy my livelihood and he's like oh my god i i'm literally a baby like no one talks to me like that i'm very shook right now i'm just a baby i don't know how to pass legislation he's like my parents told me i was very special (laughs) so then he's like hang on a minute come back here tell me your name so she does and then he says he says that she is the first maiden that has not swooned at the sight of him. And at that point in the movie, my eyes rolled so far back into my head, I could see my brain. I'm pretty sure while we were watching it, both me and Mo were like, oh yeah, just disgusted, (laughs) disgusted. Yeah. I'm like, the biggest way to turn me off is to tell me, like, give yourself this, like, weird, like, fishing compliment. Yeah. You're not like the other girls. Oh, my God. The thing that comes to mind is, like, a guy being like, oh, my God, like, my dick was, like, so big. Like, you really, like, took that, like, a champion. Like, I've never seen that before. Like, I have, like, a very <laughs> large penis. And I'm like, yeah. I am ashamed of myself Mm -hmm. my whole generation mom can you come pick me up from this earth i need to leave it immediately zooms up beam me up okay so he then tells ella that he has never stolen anybody's land or their livelihood and that he wants peace in the kingdom and ella's like okay like what's your plan and he's like uh he's like a plan you say that's a great question i've never thought of that before yeah and ella is like yeah clearly all you care about is your fan club and he's like i don't even like the fan club it like doesn't boost my ego at all yeah then total non sequitur ella's like oh fuck i forgot my purse over there and prince charles is like I am so cool and so chivalrous. I will go get it for you. Look at me doing this gesture. And he's like, do not move. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? So a horse and carriage start rattling, just speeding down the road. This man is like angry. He's like whipping the horse. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, literally. There's like a close of him whipping the horse like, "Ah, ah." um, So it's rumbling away and she almost gets run over, but Charles tackles her to the ground and saves her. 
And he makes a reference to the next time he's going to save her. He's like, see you again next time I save you. Um, (laughs) Next time I save you. (laughs) And she's like, I will not be seeing you again. And he's like, oh, my God, Ella, Ella, you are not (laughs) like other girls that I have known and interacted with. You are different. I, I just, I hate to see it. I really hate to see it. Like, I like this movie and I do, like, end up falling in love with him by the end. But this scene is just, yeah, like, rough. It's so rough. And it's like, do you think that all the girls you met so far are the same? You, you just think that yeah. girls have one conglomerate personality that doesn't, yeah. you know, branch off into any individualism? No, not at sure. all. Sure. Cool. Yeah. So... As he is, like, totally smitten and hitting on her, Hattie and Olive come across them on the road, and Hattie is like, Ella, stop flirting with him. So Ella has to stop and um, tells her to go back to the mall with Olive, and then Hattie tries to flirt with Char, and she's like, oh my god, like, I'm the president of your fan club, and like, when we used to live in La Mia, I would watch you turn your lights on and off from your window. I'm like, girl, take it back. (laughs) Put that back in your mouth and stop talking. Yeah, and Char is like, oh... Cool, 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 cool. And <laughs> turns around to run away. And as he's running away, he says, like, tell Ella I'll be in touch. Yeah, like, you shot your shot, and it was a strike. You yeah. striked out. So back at the mall, Ellie meets up with her friend Rita, and she's like, girl, you've been acting really odd lately. I feel like you always do whatever Hattie says. And at that moment, Hattie literally calls Ella over, and Ella has to go. So she, like, wants to test her theory, pretty much. And she's like, I want you to steal this thing. And Ella, like, has to steal, so she steals it, and she She's like, oh my god, steal that, steal that, steal that. And then finally she's like, steal these immaculate glass slippers. And of course, because they're loud and clunky and big, a guard sees her stealing the slippers and starts running after her. And there's like a wild chase scene. She like tries to escape via rope. And then she's mid-jump over a barrel and a guard's like freeze and she freezes above the barrel. Defying all laws of physics. Yeah. There's nothing that exists in this world, in the fairy tale world, except segregation, yeah. apparently. And she gets arrested. So then back at the house, Dame Olga is like beside herself yeah. about this stealing incident. She's like, oh my God, there's a felon in the family. And Mandy, being the great house fairy she is, is like, maybe Ella was put up to it. And then right at that moment, Hattie looks out the window and sees Arita is walking towards the house. And she's like, Mandy is totally right. Ella was forced to do it. We saw we were there. And then she tells Ella to tell Olga that it was Arita that forced her to seal the slippers. Mm, It's so sad. Yeah. And of course, Ella has to. So she tells her and then Arita knocks on the door and then Olga tells Ella that she is forbidden to hang out with Arita ever again. And then Hattie is like, oh yeah, and say that you could never be friends with an Aorthian. You didn't have to say that. Yeah, it's fucked up. And so Ella and Mandy are like begging Olga to change her mind, but she's like, no, just do it. 
oh, it's horrible. And so Ella opens the door and Dorita was like, hey, like, I just wanted to check in on you and see if you're okay. And Ella is like breaking down. She's crying and it's super painful for her, but she says it. And Arita is like super shocked and confused and hurt. And then Ella just has to like close the door in her face. It's horrible. Yeah, that seems really sad. But you can tell that because she had to do that, she's kind of like, okay, fuck this noise. I'm not dealing with this anymore. This is ruining my life as I'm like older. So that night, she hatches a plan to find Lucinda and make her take back the curse. And Mandy is like, I will help you. And she brings out this old book and she's like, I've never told anyone because I am embarrassed. And the book itself has like a man's face on the front and it's animated like he's talking and she's like, this is my boyfriend. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you saying? Because apparently years ago, she tried to cut his hair with a spell and accidentally turned him into a magic book. And defying all odds, they are still in love. I feel like I would just be fucking pissed. I'm like, I can never see my family again. I can never have a normal life again. But, you know, their relationship is great. I'm like, where can I find me a man like Benny? Where do I get one? (laughs) It's like that TikTok trend where, like, girls would ask their boyfriends, like, would you still date me if I was a worm? What? But it's like... Is that you new? Have you seen them? No. No, this is old. It's like from oh. a few months ago, but like girls would ask their boyfriends or like their mom, like, would you still love me if I was a worm? That's so funny. And there was funny. like, what? And it's basically like, would you still love me if I was a magic book, I guess? Yeah, I'm thinking of one that's like, this is like not even relevant really, but there's one where the girl's like, I just feel like you could have been nicer to me today. And the guy's like, (laughs) (laughs) they're like freak the fuck out. Like their brain shorted, shorts out because Mm -hmm. they're just like, what? What? (laughs) Yeah. So Mandy then like shows Ella how Benny, the book, is magic. And she says, show me Lucinda and pulls like Benny's pages open. And then we see like a moving picture and it's Lucinda shopping in a crockery barn. (laughs) And Ella's like, oh, like she's in a crockery barn, but like which one? They're all over the kingdom. And Mandy's like, that's the glitch. Like he can't really tell you where a person is. He can just show you pictures pictures of it. And so they investigate further and they see that she's looking at a wedding registry. And then we see like giants walking in the background and they're like, oh, she's in Giantville. She's going to a wedding in Giantville. Yeah. So she now knows where she is going to find Lucinda. And then we hear Olga screaming from the living room saying that Ella has to go and pick flowers for the girl's portrait sitting tomorrow. So Ella goes outside and she sees a sign for poison ivy and obviously picks that to go in the bouquet because these people tortured her so they deserve it yes and ella is off and on her way to find lucinda yeah she's feeling powerful in this moment and Mm -hmm. as she's walking through the forest she's like benny show me a map and then she hears something a little like out of the way and it's like someone sounds like they're getting tortured so obviously ella goes over to help and she ends up going absolutely sicko mode on these bullies asses because they pinned up an elf on this wheel and were like throwing daggers 
at him. So the elf ends up like telling her to like roundhouse kick, punch, da 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 da, and she like kicks their butts. So after she destroys those guys, she gets the elf off of the wheel, and he's like, "I'm Slannon of Pym." She's like, "I'm Ella of Rao," and Slannon offers to go with Ella on her journey. But Ella's like, "No, I got it." And then eventually he convinces her to let him come. Yeah, he like invites her to dinner, and then the next thing we see, they're kind of like sneaking around this like elven town, and Ella's like, "Why are we sneaking around?" He's like, "I don't want anyone to see us." But this like elf in a watchtower sees them, and she's like, <laughs> "Visitors!" And then all of a sudden, all these elves like pop up out of nowhere in full hair, makeup, and costume. They have an entire like choreographed musical theater number. Um, I think they're singing like "Let Me Entertain You." Yeah, and it's extremely elaborate. Slannon is like, "Oh my god!" They're like running through the town, just trying to get to the restaurant to escape. So they sit down to dinner, and then immediately these elves come over and they start singing. Jeremiah was a bullfrog to them and Slannon is like hit the road and on their way to another table they're like playing hit the road jack I think that this is probably the most authentic part of the movie because it's like how musical theater kids really act literally <laughs> insufferable insufferable have you ever seen a high school cast of a show go to Denny's after a musical because this is that yeah so, Slannon starts talking to Ella while they're at dinner, and he's like, I'm not happy. I'm not joyful. Like, I don't want to sing and dance for a living. He's like, what I really want, my dream job, is to be a lawyer. And I'm like, lines up. Mm-hmm. However, we find out that there are restrictions on the career choices that elves can have. They can only be performers. The law is that no elf shall be engaged in any occupation other than singing, dancing, and or tomfoolery. And I'm like, not the tomfoolery. So Benny makes fun of Slannon and Slannon realizes that the book can talk. It's like a person inside of it. That's just important to know because, like, now all the characters know that they exist, okay? There's an important detail, listeners. So then we cut back to the house and we see that Hattie and Olive are, like, going through Ella's things because she's gone. And then Mandy walks in and she has a letter that's addressed to Ella, but then Olga intercepts it. And it turns out it is an invitation to Prince Char's coronation ball sent personally by him. And Olga gives the invitation to Hattie and Olive. And she's like, oh, girls, like, here's your second shot at your future husband. And Hattie, like, screams and, like, hyperventilates and faints. Yeah, she's a bit much, that girl. It's really a lot. She's the worst, honestly. I'm not a fan in the slightest. Mm Mm-hmm. After dinner, Ella and Slannon are outside and they see these elves that are being rounded up by soldiers and they're forced on this bus. It turns out like they're going to sing at the coronation. They're really treating these elves like slave performer people. Yeah. You can tell like that there's a lot of civil unrest in this kingdom. So Ella says that Slannon needs to go to Lamia, which is on her way to Giantsville, and petition the prince so that he can become a lawyer. And Slannon is like, no, I'm not going to do that. I know the prince will never see me and like talk with me. But then Ella actually like stands up 
up for Char and she's like, you know, I've met him. Like, I think he might be different than his uncle. And Slannon's like, oh, yeah. Like, why? Because he's a hunk? Like, what is he, six foot? Yeah, like, I fucking hate him already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Slannon is a short king, if you will. Yeah. So then Benny is like, ah, like, clearly you're lacking courage as well as height. And then Slannon's like, you know what? Count me in. Yeah. Classic, like, overcompensating of masculinity. Classic Napoleon complex. Literally, there's, like, so much to unpack here about some short men in this world. Yes, 100%. I'm, like, I don't understand, I don't know, I just don't understand why not all men, but, like, some men get really sensitive about their height. Mm -hmm. When I'm, like, women are literally judged on every single facet of their appearance and the beauty standards are so high and, like, some men get judged by some women on this one thing and they're, like you are a fucking bitch and you are like the worst person that's ever lived and i'm gonna go send you like death threats in your dms because you don't like short men and i'm like oh you get like the tiniest little taste of like what judgment on your appearance feels like and you can't handle it literally they're like i'm an incel now i have turned into an incel because you you told me one time i'm short and you know what i'm advertite okay (laughs) yeah it's insane So it's the next day, they're continuing on their journey, Slannon thinks that they're really lost in the woods, and him and Benny, like, kind of bicker back and forth, and then they hear this, like, rustling sound in the bushes, and Slannon, like, freaks the fuck out. He's like, we are about to die, we're about to be murdered, and it turns out that it was just a bunny that, like, hops across the forest floor, and then we hear another sound... And Slannon's like, oh, it's another bunny. Like, come on, come out of the bushes, Thumper. Like, do you want some carrots? And then it turns out that it is not a bunny, but actually this huge ogre named Nish. And he's like, I don't like carrots. I like that impression. Thank you. (laughs) And then he, like, asks them how they want to be eaten. And Ella is like, you don't understand. Like, I am super pro-ogre. Like, I was at a rally the other day. Like, I'm super down with ogre rights. And Nish explains that, like, the humans took everything from them. And he just kind of, like, longs for his former simple life Mm -hmm. when they all lived in peace. And then they proceed to tie Slannon to a tree. And they, like, hang Ella over this, like, boiling pot of water. And they're about to, like, lower her into the pot then out of nowhere as ella's about to be poached prince char you know swoops in saves the day there's a fight scene and prince char puts a sword to nish's throat and asks if they killed his father and they're like we loved your dad he was great like we were peaceful when he was in charge and they would never kill him and so he's like i'll spare your lives ogres and the ogres run off and you're like oh further confirmation that your uncle's a racist but mm-hmm. it seems like prince char doesn't know everything right like he's like what do you mean things were different under my dad so after the ogres run off prince char is like ella like what are you doing in the middle of the woods do you get some sort of kick out of near-death experiences? And Ella's like, you know what? I had it handled. He was like, oh, were you just like lulling them into a false sense of security? And she's like, it might have worked. And then he's just like, dude, like I saved your life. Like 
come on. And then she actually does thank him. And then she notices that he's actually bleeding because he has like a gash wound in his arm. So she brings him down to the river so that she can like help wash it out and clean the wound. And um, BT dubs, he is shirtless and he does look super hot, Mm -hmm. I will say. Yeah, the scene before, it's just normal. And then suddenly it cuts to her bandaging him and you're like, oh, you're shirtless now. Okay. Okay. Zoom in. Where's the drone? Where's the pan? (laughs) So they talk about potentially traveling together. And we also realize at this point that the creepy little snake that accompanies the king is in a bag on Char's horse. So they're literally like riding beautiful horses along the beach. And Char is like, so your boyfriend? And he's super excited to hear that Ella doesn't have a boyfriend. I'll ask him about any girlfriends. And he's like, no, I don't have one. I don't have a girlfriend. I have many. But he says that he's kidding. And you can tell she's like, ah. And he's like, don't believe everything you read in medieval teen medieval teen i would love to see what is written in medieval teen yeah i would subscribe i would have it delivered to my home they're like poppy sits with the lance but it's like the <laughs> real lance that you use to like fight on horses it's like how to avoid the plague except it's all too real mm. to 2020 unfortunately so then Slanin, who is also riding on horseback with them, like pulls up and he's like, hey, I want to be a lawyer. How do I make this happen? And Prince Char is like, just talk to my uncle. It's not really my area of expertise. And Slanin's like, okay, like, thanks for nothing, I guess. Ella kind of like calls him out on his bullshit. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Ella's like, you are about to become king. Like, you could change everything, and you don't even give a fuck. And he's like, but it wasn't my choice. Like, I didn't want it. Oh, God. Like, you know what else wasn't somebody's choice? The people that are enslaved in your fucking kingdom. Yes. Char. You want to talk to them about not having something be your choice? So upon saying this, she then like rides off and he follows her and she brings him to this like huge farm that's like basically being used as like a slave field for the giants. They're essentially being like worked to death. They're whipped by like guards that are there. It's really horrible. And Char is like, oh my gosh, like I'm sure my uncle doesn't know about this. And I'm like, bruh. Bruh, he does. Simply, how could you be so naive at this point? Yeah. Finally, they get to Giantsville and they're at the giant wedding and the giants are honestly like, they're just like dancing around. They have this Hungarian folk dance situation going on. Like their national costume looks like, or the costume, I guess, that the um, giants are wearing looks like it's like the national costume of a country in the Balkans. Mm -hmm. And Char is definitely apprehensive to be around giants because his whole thing like is the segregation of giants yeah so ella is like scoping out the party meanwhile and she sees some fairies in the corner but lucinda left an hour ago and slandon is off trying to eat this giant chicken leg 
you start to wonder what kind of like ecosystem they live in that normal human-sized people get human-sized chicken and giants get giant chicken that would be normal-sized in relationship to their bodies. Yeah, I feel like if there were chickens that big, wouldn't they just kind of like take over the regular human-sized ecosystems? Yeah, you would think. They could just trample like the cities that humans have built. I don't know. So Prince Char then is like talking to kind of like the head giant there, Mr. Koopa Duck. And he's like, you know, let's figure out what we can do for your community. And the snake Heston, who was like hiding in Char's bag on his horse, overhears Char promising the giants that he's going to help them buy their farms back when he's a king. And um, it's great for Char's politics, but bad for Uncle Edgar, you know, the supremacist. So Ella then goes up and she's like, my aunt's not here. Like me and Slenin have to go. We got to go find her. And Char's like, please stay. And she's like, okay, I guess because he's like commanded her to. And he sees that she doesn't really want to. And he's like, you know, like you don't have to, like, I don't want to make you do anything that you don't want to do. And that's kind of like the first time that anyone's really said that to her before. Yeah. So Ella says, thank you for everything, for saving my life. And she starts to leave. And as she turns away, he's like, but I wish you would stay. And she does smile and she's like, okay, I'll stay. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. And then Ella talks to him about how, like, she needs to find Lucinda as soon as possible. And Char's like, well, we have this census at the castle. Like, I could get you into the Hall of Records tomorrow in Lamia if you come with us. And she's like, okay, dope. Yeah, I'll go with you. Yeah, he's like, we take um very steep precautions to ensure that the census is accurate and filled mm-hmm. out by as many people as possible. So I'm just sure you can yeah. find anything you're looking for in the census. At the end of the night at the wedding, the giants, they try to make Slannon sing because he's an elf. And Ella is like, he isn't sing. And they're like, okay, well, well, let's embarrass the shit out of you. And they make her sing. Ella ends up singing Somebody to Love. But everyone is simply vibing. They love the rendition. <laughs> She's like putting a lot of passion into it. Even Heston is enjoying himself. And at the end of her like little song and dance number, she almost falls off the table, but Char grabs her hand and spins her around and dips her. And it's like, ooh, yeah, get it, girl. I'm going to be honest, like, this movie was the first time I ever heard the song. I did not know that it was a Queen song <laughs> for probably, like, a few years after that. Until you saw that awful movie about Queen and it starred Rami Malek. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was terrible. I did know before then, but honestly, like, I think I must have been in middle school before I, like, heard that it was a Queen song. But this performance is iconic. Um, The ending is super steamy when, like, her and Char just, like, slow dancing it out. Like, the giants join in as backup dancers. Like, it's super cheesy, but it's honestly incredible. So as she's singing the song, we see this, like, woman smiling and, like, waving at Slannon. And this giant is played by Heidi Klum. <laughs> and I don't think she has a character name throughout the whole movie. No, so we're just going to so. refer 
refer to her as Heidi Klum. So after the performance, um, Slannon and international supermodel Heidi Klum are flirting it up. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, I love singers. And he's like, yes, I am the songbird of a generation. (laughs) I love to sing. (laughs) And he then tells her that like, she's a lot prettier than he expected. And she's like, oh yeah, like we get such a bad rap from the freaking Grimm brothers. And Slen is like, oh my God, same. That's why people all think I'm short. He's like, I'm really not that short. Like, do I look like the size of a thimble to you? No, bitch. Back at the fireplace and like somewhere else where the wedding is taking place, Ella is having a conversation with Char and she's like, Hattie would die if she knew I was here. And Char's like, oh, Hattie, now I know what name to put on the restraining order. <laughs> LOL, she will not stop following me. I am scared for my life. And then they bond over both having dead moms. And Ella's like, my mom, you know, used to sing me to sleep. And Char's like, my dad did that too. So Char is like, I'm really thankful for Edgar because, you know, he raised me and he tried to save my father. And he's like, I'm sure he'll correct things if I tell him what's really going on. And Ella's like, or you could do it. Like, you're a natural Char is like, you know what? When I get back to Lamia, I'm going to ask Edgar to appeal the elf restriction so that like Slannon can have his day in court. And Ella's really proud of him. She's like, I think that you're going to make a really great king. You would have made your father so proud. And he says that he thinks that his dad would have really liked her. And Ella smiles. And then he says, kiss me. And she starts to lean in. And then he's like, just so you know, like, that wasn't an order. And she's like, I know. And then they make out. And I'm just like, we love a consensual king. We love somebody that respects your boundaries and checks in to make sure everything's okay. And he's still hot and it's still a hot situation, even if you ask for <laughs> consent. Even you made sure you were not a rapist. It was still a hot situation. Yep. It's a hot situation exactly. when you both um, <laughs> want to engage in sexual acts and it is consensual and you are of age. Meanwhile, in Lamia, um, <laughs> Ella's father is in town and he's like, where the hell is my daughter? And Dame Olga is like, um, you know what? That's a great question. I'll lie to you. She is at the castle with Hattie and Olive taking a tour. We cut to the castle and we see that like the entire Prince Char fam club is getting a tour and they're like, oh my God, Prince Char walked on this ground and they start like kissing the ground and the tour guide is like, ladies, stop tonguing the foyer. And then we see Ella and Char and Slannon are all like walking into the castle grounds, but Slannon gets stopped at the gate and like thrown out by one of the guards because only elves that are performing in the coronation are allowed inside the castle, which he is not. So Char and Ella don't seem to notice that Slannon has been like thrown out. Yeah, they literally walk in. They don't even look back. So then they go into the foyer and they see that like the whole fan club is there and they like absolutely lose their minds and start chasing them. But Char and Ella do like escape the mob. So it's all good. Yes. Edgar kind of like comes upon Ella and Char and Char introduces them and Edgar is like, "Mm, how was your trip? Hmm? How was it? And Ella talks about the ogres and Edgar says they're lucky they weren't killed. Like 
total racist rhetoric. And he tells Char he has to go see the crown maker immediately. And Char is like, um, yeah, I just have to take Ella to the Hall of Records first. And Edgar is like, okay, hop to it. So Ella literally is like hopping away like a bunny rabbit. And Edgar says Heston was right. There's something off about her. And Heston is like, she's been filling Char's head with crazy new ideas. Like, we have to put an end to it. We have to put an end to the weirdness. And to the um, correct and empathetic politics, it has to go away. Yeah, it gives me big, like, Jafar and Iago vibes. Mm, yeah. So then we see Char with the crown maker and Edgar, and Char's like, you know, Edgar, Ella has all these really interesting political opinions. Like, we need to renegotiate things with the giants. Like, this is not right. And Edgar, like, totally dismisses him and doesn't take him seriously. And he's like, yeah, 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 well, we'll talk about it after the coronation. Yeah, he's like, I couldn't care less. And the only negotiations will be over grocery delivery, lol, ha ha ha. Hate him. And Char is like, I'm going to propose to Ella at the same time and place that my dad did to my mother. And Edgar is like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Sounds great, sweetie. So there's a scuffle in the hall, and it turns out it's Hattie and Olive. So Edgar goes out to investigate it. Meanwhile, back in the Hall of Records, we see Ella looking through this giant-ass census, and she does find Lucinda in it, and apparently she is living at the Dunn Flyin Retirement Home for Fairies, and she's like, yes, Benny, like, we got her, finally. And then Edgar walks in, and he starts to give her all these commands. He tells her to pat her head and touch her toes, and, like, touch her head and touch her stomach and she's like oh fuck like he knows about my gift mm -hmm. and she asks mm -hmm. him to stop and he then makes her do like the hokey pokey it's like really horrible then he tells ella tonight at the coronation ball char is going to bring her to the hall of mirrors and at the stroke of midnight she will take this dagger he gives her a dagger and plunge it through his heart and she's like no like please don't make me like i don't want to do that but she has no choice so edgar says it's lucky that she's here so he doesn't have to do it himself and he also says that he did that to his own brother so he could be king and it's like of course of course you fucking ruined every everyone in your life you know you killed everyone you loved to make sure you had this position and then you like enslaved an entire group of people to cover it up yeah so before ella leaves he tells her she can't tell anyone of the plan so ella leaves the castle and she goes to the dun flying retirement home for fairies to find lucinda and it turns out that lucinda was actually kicked out the week prior yeah after that ella writes char a heartbreaking letter and she's like we can't be together i can't tell you why but it's the only solution and she thinks that you know he'll be a great king and wishes him the best but it's like sad it's so sad mm. and then ella goes and she finds slannon in lamia and she's like listen i need you to chain me to this tree outside of the kingdom and go and rally a bunch of elves and giants in the forest and help make sure that the prince stays safe. So he does just that. Yes. 
cut to the Hall of Records and a castle clerk finds Benny and opens him up. And she's like, oh, pages are empty, trash. Now he's in their cycling bin. So the next thing we know, it is the night of the coronation ball. Char is not having a good time at all. Certainly not. He is not enjoying himself. He is heartbroken that Ella broke up with him and isn't coming. And then we see like Olive and Hattie are at the ball because they stole Ella's invitation. But Char does like go up to them and like begrudgingly asks Hattie to dance. Which, like, honestly seems really out of character for me because, like, no matter how depressed Char is, like, never in a no. million years would he ask Hattie to dance. I don't really get that part either. Yeah. But back at the tree, Lucinda suddenly falls out of the sky and she's like, this is the salad bar at Denny's. So Ella is screaming her name and calls her over She's like, bitch, it's me, Ella of Frel. And she's like, right, 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 right. Cool, cool. So then Ella begs her to take the gift back, like the gift of obedience. And Lucinda is like, no, like, what do you, I don't take back my gifts. And Ella is like, please, because of this gift, I'm about to do something horrible to the guy that I love. And she begs her. And Lucinda is like, you know what? If you hate it so much, get rid of the gift yourself. Oof. It's your problem. Not helpful at all. Yeah. So Lucinda ends up freeing Ella from the tree and saying she should be at the ball and puts her in a dress, gets her all ready. And we're like, oh my God. But she thinks she's like hot shit because she helped Ella. And I'm like, you helped no one. You helped a manslaughter. You've done nothing but fuck over this poor girl her whole yeah, life. Yeah, you've done nothing but be an accessory to murder. <laughs> Literally. So back at the coronation ball, Char and Hattie are dancing and he's like trying to talk to her about Ella and she's like, oh, I don't want to talk about her. And then like all of a sudden the doors are thrown open and Ella like busts into the ballroom and she's like trying to grab a table to like stay away from him. When Char sees her, he like drops Hattie in the middle of dipping her and Ella is like trying to stay away, but she is pushed into his arms and she's like freaking out. She's begging him to tell her that he never wants to see her again. Like, please just tell me to get out of here. Tell me to go away. And he's like, no, like, what are you talking about? Just like, tell me how you really feel about me. And of course she has to. So she admits that she actually is in love with him. Yeah. And then he brings her to the Hall of Mirrors. And he has this beautiful speech where he's like, I used to come here with my father and he told me that I would be a strong leader one day, but he never really believed it until Ella came along and now he genuinely feels like he can be a strong leader. And Ella starts crying and she's like, you know, when they're together, it's magic. And he never wants it and and she's like i feel the same but i can't and he thinks that she's just scared but she's like no so he's like i'm scared too but he just pulls out the ring anyway and gets down on a knee and proposes soon thereafter like a couple seconds later the clock strikes midnight and she's like no like absolutely not he's like is it politics is it their families because those things aren't important as long as they love each other and he hugs her and as they're hugging like because 
the clock has struck in midnight. She is like pulling up the dagger and she's holding it behind his back and her hand is shaking and she is like fighting the urge to like stab him. And then we hear like every single time that she has been ordered to do something like her whole life and like the camera is spinning around her and like in the reflection of one of the mirrors, we see her mom's face saying that like what is inside of her is stronger than any spell. And Ella is like holding the dagger and she screams, you will no longer be obedient. And it breaks the curse. Wow. But like as she is screaming this, Char looks up. Yeah, he sees her holding the dagger in a reflection in the mirror and he like lets go of her. He's like, oh my God, what's going on? And Edgar and the guards swarm in and they imprison her. Yeah, it all happens like super fast. They just like pull her away from him immediately. So Edgar then tells Char that Ella is going to have to be put to death immediately. And Char is like, no, like this doesn't make any sense. Like I need to talk to her. And Edgar forbids him from seeing her and says that she was an assassin conspiring with the ogres who had been planning an uprising. Lies on lies on lies. Liza Minnelli over here, literally. Mm-hmm. And Char's like, I don't believe it. And Edgar's like, you know what? Like, just let me handle this whole thing. Don't worry about it. And Char, for some reason, gives up very quickly and walks away. He just seems like one of those guys who's like, well, I really, I don't know. Like, can you pick for me? I'm like, Char, put a little bit of, like, backbone. You asked this woman to marry you. And you're not going to question your uncle because he raised you after he... mm, Never mind. (laughs) So then when Char walks away, Heston and Edgar are like conspiring and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to call in the Red Guard to take over the kingdom once we get rid of Char. Yeah, hella devious shit going down. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Slannon has gathered a bunch of elves and giants, and they're trying to figure out how to get into the castle. So they find Benny in a trash can, and he fills them in on Edgar's plan. And Slannon also sees Ella in Benny's pages and finds out, you know, that she is imprisoned. So the gang is all back together. Even the ogres show up, and they were going to eat the elves, but they're like, you know what? We're going to join the resistance against Edgar instead because they realize they have to stop the race wars and stop the fighting. They need to go, you know, head to head with the big guy. Yeah. So they sneak inside the castle in a carriage with Slannon dressed as the executioner. And it's like a really clear Trojan horse strategy. They're going for the classics, you know. Mm. So once they're inside the castle, Slannon poses as Ella's lawyer to the guard and gets the guard to open the door. And then the ogres like knock the guard out like immediately. And Slannon is kind of like going off on this monologue. Mm -hmm. And then he turns around to see like the ogres putting salt and pepper on the guard, just like raw. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, this is like sushi. Yeah. They're like about to eat him. And Slannon is like, guys and they're like oh can't we just take him to go and he's like put the nice man down so they do because they got more important things to 
do. So they go inside, they find Ella in her cell, and they free her. They look inside of Benny, and they see clear as day footage of Edgar switching out Char's crown with a poisoned one. Yes. And they're like, oh fuck, he is about to kill his nephew. We gotta fix this. So they leave to go down to the coronation. Mm -hmm. And at the coronation, Edgar is like, revved up and ready to go. He welcomes Char to the stage. Obviously, the crowd goes wild. They're applauding. They bring in the crown. Meanwhile, the ogres knock out the guards, and just as the crown is about to go on Char's head, Ella busts in screaming, and she's like, drop that crown. And the guards try to seize them, and that's when a fight ensues. So the ogres are not here to play games. They are here to fucking get shit done. They start absolutely kicking ass. The giants are having like a ball of a time because the guards are like not even an eighth of their size. And because everything's a shit show, Heston hits like this emergency button, which summons the red guard and they like propel in via a rope. It was honestly spicy. Not gonna lie. Yeah. It was like, it happened so fast. They must have just been like chilling. They were like on the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. We're like, we're just going to hang out here for a couple hours. And then Edgar orders the Red Guard to kill Ella and anyone who gets in their way. And Char sees, like, this chaos happening, and he grabs a sword. He throws one to Ella as well, and he's like, oh my god, like, I can't believe I'm saving your life even though you just tried to kill me. And she's like, I promise you, I was not trying to kill you. While all of this is happening, Mandy, Ella's, you know, house fairy, casts a spell, turn Benny back into a man. And at first he gets turned into a pumpkin. Like, yes, this is true. But the second time, (laughs) she gets it right and Benny is back. Kind of makes you wonder why, like, she never tried a spell before, I guess. Yeah. But despite not having legs for the past 20 years, he just starts kicking ass. Mm, Totally. No muscle atrophy. (laughs) Yeah. So Ella and Char are like fighting off guards with swords and she's like explaining the whole curse and what Edgar's plan was. Heston is like slithering over to Char. They manage to kind of like defeat pretty much all of the red guards Mm -hmm. and Ella kind of like pulls Char aside and she's like, Edgar killed your father. And Edgar is like, Ella is lying. Like, who are you going to believe? And then right at that moment, Heston tries to like sneak up and bite Char to fucking kill him. But Ella sees and like kicks him out of the way. And Char is like, well, I guess that answers that question. And then like the fan club is like, that thing tried to kill Char. And they go over and like fucking trample him and kill him. And Edgar is furious. He's like, I should have disposed of you, Ella, when I had the chance. Yeah, he is exposed. There's like a TMZ expose out here. So literally, Char is like, how could you do that? And Edgar says that his brother was in his way and that only he is fit to wear the crown. So he puts on the poison crown, which I do think it was like almost too easy, but I guess for the comedic relief it had to happen. And he Mm. immediately realizes like, oh crap, I put on the poison crown and everyone gets over this very quickly. Yeah, he like falls over and everyone's kind of like, whoops, well, that's what you got. Anyways... (laughs) Yeah. So Char then thanks Ella for saving his life. And she's like, yeah, I guess like now we're even. Ha ha ha. 
And then Hattie runs up in absolute hysteria and she's like, Ella, you are never to kiss Char ever again. But Ella leans over and she's like, wanna bet? And then rips her mother's necklace off of Hattie's gross ass neck and takes it back. That curse is broken, baby. You have no control over her anymore. And then Char asks Ella if she'll marry him. And she's like, now that I'll do. And they immediately have a wedding, as one does. And Mm -hmm. Char and Ella are pronounced husband and wife. And they say, to a nation of equals, to my good friends, and to my true love. And the narration at the end is honestly like a big mood. So I'll read it verbatim. Such is the story of Ella of Frel, a spunky young woman once under a spell. If there's one thing to learn, it's you just can't go wrong if you follow your heart and end with a song. And they play Don't Go Breaking My Heart as one fucking does. And once again, I have to be honest, this movie was the first time that I ever heard this song. (laughs) And I actually did not learn that it was like, an Elton John Kiki D song until many, many, many years later. Like, probably not until I was in college, honestly. I just learned that it was an Elton... What is Elton John song? Yeah. I learned that just now when you said it. Yeah, it's it's a fucking beautiful scene. Everyone is singing. At one point, like, Ella rips off, like, the skirt of her wedding dress, and she has, like, a short skirt underneath it with, like, go-go boots so she can do choreography. (laughs) We see that Slannon and Heidi Klum are together. Benny and Mandy are together. Mm -hmm. The choreography is, like, (laughs) it's pretty rough, I'm going to be honest. It's pretty cheesy. But, you know, it's great. It's a period piece. Yeah. We also see that actually Edgar didn't die. He is just like he's like a vegetable, brain dead. Yeah, he's like I guess. something's yeah. up. Something's not right. He's like in a wheelchair and he has bandages all over his head and he just has this like dazed look on his face. Yeah, it's really haunting, haunting especially it's like haunting. especially as like "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" is playing in the background. Everyone else is super happy and they just kind of like wheel him in. A woman kisses him on the cheek and then they wheel him out. It's a lot. But once again, we move on very quickly and um, and we get outside and the lovers are about to go on their honeymoon. Ella throws her bouquet into the crowd and Arita catches it. And then Char and Ella ride off on their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. Just some wholesome family fun for everyone mm-hmm. while subtly convincing your family to join the revolution. Totally. The politics are like very explicit, honestly. Like it's not thinly veiled. Yeah. She pretty much says it straight out, which I just think I wasn't paying attention when I was younger, but it's like they're in black and white, you know? Ella is truly showing us that like sometimes a violent uprising is a necessary part of creating a new fair government. And you're saying this. They really just, the movie at its core is about abolishing the police. Mm -hmm. No more fascist states. Am I right, ladies? (laughs) Am I right, gals? (laughs) I'll toast to that. They just want to live in an autonomous zone. Mm -hmm. This movie is, I think, so much actually more deep than you would think just by like looking at the poster or even just watching the trailer, probably. Yeah. It's like really about not being controlled in both like terms of the government and also I think in terms of like being a woman and like always being told what to do. 
Yeah, it seems like very deliberate that her shitty mm-hmm. gift was obedience because you can really see it play out. And I would say that aside from like the murder that she commits, like nothing else was super far fetched. Like all of the other stuff could have happened in real life. Yeah, so shall we give this movie a rating? I think we should. I'm going to say I'm going to lean toward a 7.5 or an 8. I feel like an 8 feels right to me. Like, I enjoy this movie so much. I've seen it so many times. I love re-watching it. I always have a good time when I do. Yeah. Anne Hathaway is an icon. Should we go for an 8? Hell yeah. This movie is poppin' and um, I highly recommend. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed. Um, If you did enjoy, we would absolutely love if you left us a little written review on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. Please. If you do, we'll give you a sweet little shout out in the next episode, and we will pick a song for you that would play in the montage portion of a 2000s movie about your life. We did it last week. It was so much fun. Yeah. So please leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram. It is Movies That Raise Us. You can follow us on Twitter. It is MTRU underscore pod. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you can also give us a review, please. Please give us a review. <laughs> so like, rate, subscribe, review, review. Many are saying to review. Yes, we look we look forward to to the plethora of reviews. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye.